The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and always hosting the show with me, Eric Glove. You know yeah, love. How's it going today? Good. Well, we want to get a little shout out to you, but back, you know, we know you had the little flu, but how you feeling? You know, I know when I had it, I was down and out. So how you feeling? Hey, like uh, I told you earlier, man, I was feeling like half dead this weekend, but now I'm uh, I'm getting my old self back. I'm feeling about ninety percent right now. That's good. Hey, you have me worried. We call you, call you, ain't answered. I ain't like you. I'm like, something must be wrong. <laughs> yeah, that body ache and chill ain't no joke. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying about that, but glad to have you back. Like you say, you got well. Well, we're gonna talk a little. We're gonna talk football. We're gonna talk on the basketball in the second half. We got we got some calls, but I want to give a shout out to a uh, new business that'll be opening up April 20th. I'll give you more details on it, but it's called Jailhouse Rock. We open up in Farmland, Indiana. So you know more details as we go on with the week, but. It's going to be a good thing to happen out there. So, um, But on that glove, let's get started, you know. A lot of stuff in the news, you know. You know that our football season over with, everything's starting to die down. But the one thing I want to talk about, I don't know if you want to get it, you always for it is RG3, you know. He's tweeting to everybody that's going to be ready for the first week of the game, of the uh, season. But an uh, injury like that glove, it's hard to come back that soon. Don't you agree? I'll have to agree, love. You know, everybody's basing it on what Adrian Peters did last year, which was, which was, you know, a, a freak of nature. His injury was like one of those injuries that kind of ends your career. And, you know, with the grace of God and his hard work, you know, he was able to come back and perform at a higher level than he did before he had hurt his knee. So, you know, you have to give God all his glory because of how Adrian Peterson did. Now we're talking about RG3, you know, having an injury that's kind of, I wouldn't say career ending, but when you looked at it, you know, it, it was it was really bad, and he's basing his comeback on what Adrian Peterson did the year before. Yeah, and then I seen that he came back well saying, you know, he's not going to mess his career if he can't make it, you know, but I think he's starting to think. And it's all, you know, it's not about the team almost, it's about him, right? Well, yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, you you have to have your best interest in heart because guess what? If he's not capable of or if his knee's not ready to go, the team's going to go forward. 
is it is it worth him sacrificing his career because he still is young? You know, is it worth him sacrificing his career to try to be back in time for the opening? You know, opening start of the season. You know, Glow, I got to question you. You know, like we said, it was always just your opinion. You know, people were like, you know, say, well, why do you think that? But it's just opinion. But I want to get your opinion of this. Do you think, and I I think we talked about this show, show, that these players are starting to look at it now. Like, I remember back in the days, it was about going off their hand hurt with a broken finger or arm, you know. Or do you think now it's changed to where, Players are saying, hey, I'm not going out there because, you know, they started to talk about the one gentleman from Pittsburgh. Was it Woodley? They said he didn't play, you know, gave all his effort this year. But do you think, in your opinion, is the players starting to realize, hey, uh, they don't I don't care? I, I, think, I think they're starting to understand more. But also within saying that, I think it's so much pressure coming from the franchise, you know, coming from the organization, that, hey, you're our best possible chance to win, so we need you out there. And then you, you know, as a warrior playing football, you know, because they're warriors, you know, you don't want to, you know, in your mind of all things, you don't want to seem like you're letting the guys down, you know. So regardless of you being injured, you still want to get out there and battle because, you know, you're not supposed to lose your job to an injury, but guess what? Here lately in the NFL, guys been losing their job to injury. Yeah, and let's go back to like like you say, your words. Remember back in the days, well, when you got a, a concussion, they had the smell of salt. You turn your head, get back in the game. Remember those days? Oh, of course, of course. Those were those were the glory days, man. That's when that's when the guys were playing for minimum wage. <laughs> you ain't lying because I looked at. Some of the guys back in the days when, you know, Jim Brown and all those, they're signing balls with $2,000, you know? And now you I got signing balls with $56 million. I mean, think about it. Back when some of those guys were playing, I mean, Jim Brown was a special, a special individual, like certain ones was. But for the most part, guys in the NFL, they would play the season, then they'd have to get a job when the season was over to support their family. You know, some guys wasn't getting a two thousand dollar signing bonus. That was a special guy. Some guys got a hundred bucks or fifty bucks. Some didn't even get any. Some guys didn't make two thousand dollars in the season. Right. But that was like you say, that was a day that when football was football too, Glove. All right. Well, I mean, think about it. Them dudes was playing with with, with leather helmets and you know minimal shoulder pads and and you know no padding. I mean, the hardest part of the the gear was the, the, the spikes on the cleats. Mm-hmm. And you look at, too, nowadays they change. Every year you see another rule come in to make the game, as we would say, a little bit softer. But, you know, you got parents saying to make them safer. And it's never, football's never going to be safe, Glove. Do you agree? It's never going to be safe. And it's never going to, you know, going to be hard contact. There's going to be injury. You're absolutely right, but let's let's look at it from this standpoint. Also, back in the days, let's think because we had this conversation before. How many guys across the board weighed 300 pounds? Yeah, that's true. And, and and you look in terms of you would see an offensive lineman that was 300 pounds, and you you were like, wow, 
look at how big that guy is. You know, then if he was mobile and he could move, it was a plus. Because think about it, back in the day, the offensive linemen were always bigger, less agile. The defensive linemen were smaller, but they were had more agility. Now, 300 pounds, is that's small on the front line. Now they're going 350. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that started when uh, Washington hit the Hawks. Didn't that start with the big linemen where they, you know, and they call them the Hawks? And everybody's like, oh, we got to go out and get these big linemen if we want to run the ball. Is that when that era starts? It, it kind of, yeah, it was kind of them. They had the Hogs. Remember Dallas had that big offensive line. Right. San Francisco, the Giants. I mean, there was certain teams out there that started getting those big 300-pound linemen. So that was the, the wave of the future. And so over the years, here it is, we're 10 years later plus. And now think about it. Now 315 on the front line is the beanie of now. You're getting guys 330, 340, 350, 360, and these guys can run. So it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to get these big guys running 4'7", 4'5", you know. That's pretty fast for a big guy, Glove. Yeah, it's like, it's like a semi. Think about it when you're looking at size and force or you're looking at velocity and speed. It's like a semi crashing into a Volkswagen. You know, the impact, you know, which one is going to win, you know, the collision. So that's why you want bigger on smaller. You know, if you're an offensive-minded person, you want big guys blocking, blocking smaller guys. That way you can go forward, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, that's all with uh, right now with the NFL going on until we get the, the draft, you know. He still came up, you know, making quotes for Notre Dame. Uh, how would you say his name again? T.O. Ain't his name again? Who was that? Uh, for Notre Dame. I can't even say his name. T.O. No, I got, no, Mante Tail. Mante Mante Tail. No. Still out there making his comments, you know, saying that his thing shouldn't be affected. The only thing that should affect his draft stock is his on field. Well, hell, if you look at how you play against Alabama, you shouldn't even be draft, right? Well, you know what? You know what? It's, it's funny, but I want to I want to mention something else on football when I get done with this. But what's funny is it's amazing. You could be a high ranked guy, you can go to the combine, and it drops it drops your stock. You could be a lower level guy, and you can go to the combine, and it raises your stock. So. What's the purpose of participating on the field if you can go to the combine and run and run good or jump high or do good agility drills if all you got to do is be a good tester and your stock goes up? So you should pretty much throw out the senior year or your senior season, or is it football or is it drills? Because it seems like guys at the combine, you'll hear about a guy that's slated top five, and then they're like, oh, he ran a four six, so now he's bottom ten because of a, a, a test. But you can hear this guy who was wasn't even thought about in the first round. Now he runs a good time and he shoots up into the first round. So I, I mean, I understand the testing, but I don't understand how it can move you one way or another. I mean, I understand it, but I don't see how it moves you one way or another. I thought at the end of the day, it was about what you did on the football field. And that's a good point you brought up to Grub, because I know we know somebody that 
we played against him like, God, he's horrible. But went to the combine, and you could test good in the second-round draft pick. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like crazy. It's almost like a personal in, in school. You know, I'm not a good test test taker, you know. But I don't mean I'm dumb, right? Well, no. I don't mean I'm dumb. But, I mean, I'm not a good test taker. That I means, you know, what they're saying, you got to fuck out. But if you go and do other things good, like, you know, present, you know, front of the class, speaking and all like that, you know, it's the same thing, you know. And it kills me, like you say, you don't have to do nothing. You're like, God, where'd this guy come from? He was horrible on the field. But he run the 40 and 4-2, and, you know, but that's NFL team thinking, okay, he got the athletic ability. We can make him out of play. Is that what they thinking, Glenn? Yeah, well, well, we were, I don't know if it was me and you having this conversation or I was having it with somebody where I said, in the NFL, it's not about being a player anymore or any longer. It's about how fast you are. If you're fast, I can make you into a football player. But you could be the best football player on the field, but if you're slow, you won't even really get a look. Well, we're going to do is take a break, and then we'll come back. we got TJ on the line, too, so he'll be back with us after the break. But we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, NCAA violation that's going on down there at the University of Miami. So this is Jane Lover, Eric Glover. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstandtenfootball.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Glover, Loving That Sports Talk. Always Eric Glover. Glove, we got Terry. CJ, you there? I'm here. Somebody got to work, right, sir? Somebody got to work. <laughs> Good to have you here. Good to have you here. Right well, Glover, we went to break, Terry. I think Glove has something that he wants to, you know, go into. And I think it's very interesting because it makes a good point. Go ahead, Glove. Oh no, I was I was I was looking at uh ESPN which I've been watching the last couple of days and it seemed like we keep getting this reoccurrence in the NFL. It's like once a team starts winning, the first thing that's thought about on the roster is securing the quarterback of the future. And we've talked about it before, you know, where Drew Brees got his money in New Orleans a few years ago. Now they're talking about letting guys go on defense, which is Vilma Smith and a few other players to get under the salary cap, nor are they talking about Drew Brees, you know, restructuring his contract. Same thing in Baltimore. They're letting um, two of the receivers go. Ed Reed may not resign because now they're thinking about signing Flacco to a long-term deal. Years back when Peyton Manning, after he had won his Super Bowl, he wanted a bigger contract, and they let Marvin Harris go, Reggie Wayne, Franklin Adai, and a few other players had to restructure the contract. So my question is, how come it's always the other guys getting cut or restructuring contracts and the quarterbacks are always being selfish? You know, and I've I seen that too, but if you go back to Glove, do you remember when um, uh, Antoine Bowden was with um, St. Louis? Not St. Louis, uh, Arizona Cardinal, and that right. same thing came up when they had um, Kurt Warner. They wanted to sign right. Kurt for this more money, and they had Fitzpatrick, you know, Teams always feel they got this one guy that they don't need that other one. Say, hey, we don't need him. But you see how with um, um, the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl with, you know, all them. But then they bring up and they had this other guy that said, well, we don't need winger. We need the quarterback. We don't need these other guys, which, like you say, you do need them. The quarterback won't take pay cut. And look what happened. They got rid of Bowden, and now he's over around Baltimore. But that makes a good point, too, like you said. it. The quarterbacks never take a pay cut because – they don't look at, see, you're only throwing the ball. Those other players got to make plays after that, you know. So what do you think, Terry? You know, not very often do you get lucky enough to get a team that's young enough within their first few years of their contract to make it to the NFL championship or, you know, win a Super Bowl. But, you know, if you are, then you can keep a team together. And it, it's sickening that these guys don't look at this as, you know what, let's see how many championships we can win. You can have some of my money just to stay here and be on my team. That's that's what it should be all about. Um, but, again, just like we've spoken about before, these guys are going to try and get all they can while they can, and it's all about them when it comes to the money situation. It's not all about the sport or winning championships. And it happens all the time. It happens with owners, uh, you know, Look at uh, look at Jerry Jones and, and, and Jimmy Johnson, that situation. Jerry wasn't getting enough credit for the Cowboys winning all their Super Bowls, so he decided to fire Jerry Jones. Now, why would you, or, or Jimmy Johnson, why would you not try to keep those teams together? Same way with the Chicago Bulls. 
Um, it, 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 it always happens, and they want to, you know, they, they want to make it about money or, you know, uh, in, in Jerry Jones's case, I guess it was about his, you know, not getting enough attention. But you would think that these dynasty teams that could be dynasties would stay together. Well, let me ask you this, Terry and Glove. How long do you keep a team to be a dynasty? You know what I'm saying? As long Long as you can. No, but sooner or later, you got to look at, okay, I'm losing more money than what I'm making because you're keeping all these players. I mean, we'll go into the second half of the Lakers. Lakers over $85 million. How long do you keep keeping these teams that, well, you keep got to pay out just to keep a dynasty team? How long, guys? I mean. Okay, but when we're talking about a dynasty, you look at the Boston Celtics, you look at the Lakers, you look at the Chicago Bulls, the long-running teams that have won multiple championships, within a 10-year period or a 7-year period, okay? Uh, football is just it's too difficult. I mean, you're lucky to win back-to-back. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But if you got your core guys, you want to keep them together as long as you can. Well, hey, you know what? First first and foremost, I mean, because I'm, I'm a Californian and I was a Laker fan. I'm showtime in the 80s with Magic, so, you know, we send our condolences because, the owner of the Lakers died, so first let's send that out. But it's like this with me, and, and I understand and agree with what you guys are saying about the whole dynasty thing, but but you said something at some point. You're talking about luxury tax and things like that, which are deferred. But you have to look at how many years were the, you know, were they making just 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 a, a whole truckload of money? And guess what? The Lakers are losing money. Don't ever think that the Lakers are losing money. It's just a luxury tax, and they'll find out a way to figure out how not to pay it. Now, that luxury tax only goes into effect if they sign Dwight Howard to that big deal, which I don't think they're going to do personally. So that's when the luxury tax, that $85 million that you're talking about, love, will, will kick in. But to answer the question, I'm with Terry. You keep that team intact until you see the team's play start going down. If they're still playing at a high level, why would you break up the team? You don't break up the team until they lose because you're going to continue. You're judged by winning. You're going to continue to make money as long as that franchise is winning. You know, and the Lakers don't ever lose any money. They don't, the, Lakers don't, the Lakers have the highest, the highest ticket, which is another 20 30% higher than the top-selling tickets of any other NBA franchise. So the Lakers don't lose money. Okay, since you guys are together on this, I got I got something for you too. You saying keep it intact until you see that the team going out. How long do you wait? You wait a year, wait a two, uh, two years to the team, or do you see when you say uh, Terry Glove, um, hey, I got this guy James Love to come in. I'm paying Antoine Bowles eight million a year. James play the same way as him. I mean, but he still can catch you, and he only make a million. You'll take that million dollar person, right, guys? It's the same thing as you playing in a high school car. If you got a guy that's a senior, say, hey, we got a younger guy, but he'll be here three more years. We got to play him. Am I right, guys? Well, yeah, but that that's the business part of it, man. And now, you know, when when you're talking about the money situation, and and where's you know where's the loyalty anymore? Where's the you know I'm that carry years ago. You know, that's I mean, those are those are those things all come into question as well. But when I mean, let's face it, guys. We're talking about million-dollar industries. We're talking about pro sports. So, 
you can't have pro sports without having the business side of it. And that's all it is. It's, it's dollars and cents. Well, Terry, you said loyalty. Loyalty been gone almost 20 years. You agree with that, Glenn? No, I agree. There's, there's, there's no more loyalty in, in sports, period. It's, it's let me get what I can get as long as I can get it. And, and the sad thing about it is some of these guys who should have been pushed out the league already, they're still in the league collecting a check, so it make it harder for the, for the younger guys coming, you know what I'm saying, to get a job and, and, and to get in there and play. But, but yeah. my thing is this right here. I understand at some point you've got to rebuild because it's the future. Well, let's look. San Antonio, they've been, they've been consistent for the last few years. They haven't made it to the championship, but they keep pushing forward. The Lakers been rebuilding for a few years, you know, and, and everybody thought they had the pieces to the puzzle, and then they started trading and getting players here and there and the other things, you know. But, but when it comes to the franchise and when it comes to the players, if you're winning, why would you mess up the recipe? If the, if the cake is good or if the pie is sweet, you know, why are you going to change the recipe? You keep enjoying it. Terry, you agree with this? I, I agree. If, I agree if, with that. If you're going to win 80 games a year, but don't go no further, what good is that? You're only winning, you know, the game. You know what? what? But you got a chance to be there. You look at the San Antonio Spurs, love. They're always there. They've got the best record in the NBA right now. they got the same squad. They have it every year. They're playing. They don't go nowhere. they got a chance to win a championship. And what more can you ask for as a franchise? Get me in the game. Just San Antonio had the best record last year, right? Where'd yeah. they go? Nowhere. But that's not the point, love. <laughs> they they went nowhere. Tickets. Right, Glove? They keep winning. The hey. best record every year had a number one seed. But always end up losing. Hey, I'll take I'll take consistency over over okay, look at they gave Dallas a championship. The Dallas Mavericks the year uh, Miami should have beat them that first one. Dallas won a championship. What, what have they done the next couple of years? You know, Miami's been being consistent by being in the championship, losing, winning the championship. Now they're playing at a high level. You know, or OKC lost, went to a championship. They're playing at a high level. See, I'll take consistent. Like my man said, see, we don't ever talk. We talk about the high flying act. We don't talk about the San Antonio, the Utah, and teams like those because they're boring. You know, Tim Duncan's been playing consistent for 15 years straight, but does he ever get mentioned as one of the better big men to play the game? No. But we could talk about the White Howard. We could talk about the White Howard and his shoulder and him and Kobe not kissing each other and loving each other and Paul Gasol not playing, and the Lakers trading buying them. But Tim Duncan's been consistent this whole time, and nobody's talking about San Antonio. Yep. Well, you totally know what, we need Go to ahead, talk about Dwight Howard, by the way. You know what? We're going to take a break, and when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get this little Lakers, Dwight Howard. And like, like Love said, you guys say, what about Tim Duncan? Just because he's playing consistent and is born, <laughs> nobody ever talked about him, but... Before we go to the break, I wanted to say, too, we before we get these players out, we got to get some of these old coaches out, guys, you know, because they keep bringing back and get some young coaches in. That's what I think, you know. You know, you keep getting the same old coaches over and over. The older guys, 67 years, 
and coaching. Get some of the young guys in college. And then maybe that will change the NFL, you know. So we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about, like I say, Dwight Howard and his shoulder. And you got to kiss Kobe if you want to play the Lakers. We'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have deer expert Dr. David Samuel and shed dog trainer Jeremy Moore. Hey, we'll also have deer biologist Grant Woods and the host of the Bucks at Tecamonte, David Morris. When we talk about shed hunting. And it's all brought to you by Outdoor Channel plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Lovin, back with him. That's first thought, and always TJ and Glove. You guys there? I'm here, though. I'm here, though. All right, this guy, this, uh, you get tired of hearing this subject. I'm like Tim Tebow, every day on the news about the White Hart with the Lakers. It's just not a good fit, you know, I think, in my opinion, with the Lakers with him. It don't even seem like the White care. You know, what do you guys think? Well, I, I think we got to look at what the White is trying to do. Let's, let's, Let's let's try and do that real quick. I think he wants to be known as one of the best big big men in the league, and one of the best big men that has ever played. And in order to do that, you got to have somebody to get you the basketball. Now, Dwight has a free throw problem, of course. So did Shaquille, and uh, you know. But nonetheless, 
you get the man the ball down low, he can score the basketball. He's got great moves. He's got he can go left, he can go right. We talk about Dwight Howard, Terry. I'm talking about Howard. He's a sound okay, basketball yeah, player. <laughs> Do you guys agree with that? Oh, oh, let me go first. Yeah, I mean, let me go first. <laughs> Heck no. That's that part. That's that part. I think, I think Dwight Howard is one of the worst centers to ever play the game. Thank you, Glove. Thank you. He's been in the league. He's been in the league for ten plus years, and that man has not developed a low post game. He's he's the worst Lakers center ever. Gasol was a better center than the White Howard was. Bynum was a better center than the White Howard was. Gasol and Bynum can both play with their backs to the basket. Now, now, here's my thing with the White. I have I have no problem with the White. The White is who he is. He's a good defender. He's always been a great defender. He can slam dunk. If you don't get him the ball, the White checks out. He's a basket chaser. He's a he 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 got head he got head issues. He wants to be loved, and and when you don't when you don't coddle and baby him, he's not there. He's on the wrong team. The Lakers is either win or nothing else, and Dwight Howard does not have that mentality. Glove, you hey, didn't let me finish, bro. You didn't. You Glove, didn't know where Glove. I was going. Glove, let me no, finish. Glove. I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. The guy can score. He's not the best center. He wants to be, but he can score, right? He can go left, he can go right, the guy can score basketball. We can't argue with that. We're talking about Dwight, Terry. I'm talking about Dwight, man. You can't say he can't score the ball, though. Okay, go ahead. He doesn't work to – see, you say he needs somebody to give him the ball. You got the best point guard in the NBA, Steve Nash. Then you got Kobe. You're right. You don't work to get to the ball. Am I right, Glove? Glove hit it right on the head. The guy has got head problems. He can't get into the game by himself. He does not have that desire to win. He doesn't show that he has it. I, I, I shouldn't say that he don't have it because that's putting words into his mouth. But he does not show me personally that he has the desire of a champion like a Kobe Bryant or, 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 or that caliber of a player. And, no, he's not going to fit on the Lakers team without having that kind of attitude. I agree with that. Hey, let me ask you a question, TJ. Yes, unlike unlike most unlike most big men, the Lakers have had in the past, and some other franchises like a Garnett or like a Tim Duncan, you know, and players to that caliber. Do you think Dwight Howard can carry a franchise on his back? Absolutely not. No, no, I don't. Dwight has a long ways to go. He has no idea what it takes to be a champion. He, he has no idea. And it doesn't look like he's willing to put in the work and the sacrifice in order to get there. Sir, I got to disagree with you because, one, I'm like, I think Dwight is the worst center ever to be such a man and tell him he's the best um, center in the game. Who said that? Dwight do not know how to work to become a great player. You know, when when you with teams like that and players like that, you become great. I mean, Lord, look at Kobe. Hold on a minute. I did not say that Dwight was the best center. You said he could score no, on the left no, or right. I, I don't see it. <laughs> no, I did not say that. I said Dwight wants to be known as one of the greatest players, one of the best centers in the NBA. I did not say he was by far. I'm not saying that. And I did say he could score the basketball, which you disagreed on. 
I'm agreeing with what Gloves is saying 100%. Dwight has head problems. He's got a long ways to go before he will ever become a champion. Oh, I, hey, I, like I said, I think when Dwight came to L.A., he was under one with, with uh, Jim Buss was telling him one thing, but then the franchise went another direction. If they were putting the game in Dwight's hands, they wouldn't have hired Mike D'Antoni as the coach. D'Antoni doesn't like big men who could play with their back to the basket. So that was already a strike against Dwight. You know, if you ever watch the Lakers play, D'Antoni enjoyed Gasol on the floor more than he enjoyed Dwight Howard. You have two seven-footers, and you'll never play them side-by-side on the floor. So for me, I don't think Dwight in L.A. is a good fit because he don't have that same instinct and that same drive like most players that come to L.A. have. See, he's been hiding down in Orlando where he can get his double-double, which is a good thing for a guy in the league. He's seven foot. He should get a double-double. But look at how he's getting his points. You know, 80%, 90% of his points come off of a lob or a slam dunk. Ten years in, he's still having to, you know, develop the short shot, which Shaq did later on in his years. He got that little short jump shot or he had that hook shot and things like that. Like TJ said, he hasn't developed. Well, guys, this is what we got a guest on the line. Call us. Reggie Slater, are you there, Reggie? Yes, sir, I am. How you doing today? I'm doing good, just listening, feeling the love. <laughs> Glad you have you on. Reggie, glad you're here. You know, like we always tell everybody, this is just opinions, right, you know? Ain't nobody sure thing. But we don't get your input on this thing with Kobe and Dwight, the relationship, and everybody keeps saying Dwight is not feeling L.A. What is your opinion on that? Uh, I think the the culture of L.A., the history, the mystique of L.A., dating back from Mr. when Mr. Buss uh, uh, bought it to the Magic years to the Shaq and Kobe years, that's a tall, those are some big shoulders to try and stand on. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a certain level of dedication and maturity of which I think Dwight lacks at this moment. I think, that, I think I think that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> no, you know, and I, and I agree with that. Dwight is very immature, and and we deal with immaturity from these players. Kobe was immature when he first came in the league at 18 years old, and they, you know, they do get better. They do mature and and become better basketball players when they start understanding the game. I don't think Dwight has necessarily put in the the effort that some of these guys have of learning the history of the game. But, again, I don't know only what he shows on the basketball court. I don't know Dwight Howard from Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. Reggie, my question to you is, is that the best thing for L.A. to keep Dwight or trade him? Well, I, I start thinking about Dwight, who could, if he focused, be one of the best centers in the game and 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 uh, become legendary, but I think he may be developing a uh, a reputation of just being a, a hop along type player. You know, he hops from this team this year. Well, I'm not happy. I'm upset. I get the coach fired. Then I go to another team. It seems like that whole process is beginning to repeat itself. So, I mean, at what point does the the, the player 
become a student of the game and, 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 and uh, you know, buy into the system of the coach, you know? All right. Go, go up there. Hey, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, Reggie. But for me, I, in, in agreeing with what you're saying, I think it was a slap in the face when Jim Bug brought Dwight to L.A. and said, hey, you're going to be the face of the franchise. So what did Dwight want? He wanted Phil Jackson as a coach. What did they do? Kobe and the others wanted who? They wanted Mike D'Antoni. So who mm-hmm. did the Lakers get? They get Mike D'Antoni, not Phil Jackson. So what does that do for Dwight Howard's psyche? Now here it is. He's back in the same situation that he was in when he was down in Orlando, where he had a coach who he don't believe in, who he knows don't put the, his style of offense into play. So now how can he be comfortable playing in L.A. in a system that he's not comfortable playing in? Well, I think great players should have the ability to adapt. If you're Absolutely. not going to be uh, the main focus on offense, then he's athletic and healthy enough to, to get rebounds and be a dominant uh, um, dominant presence on defense or, you know, rebounding or both. But um, I, I think I think that maybe uh, he was billed as the future because he is, uh, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I'm assuming he's mid to late 20s, uh, you know, a lot younger than Kobe, a lot less miles, and, you know, could, 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 could be there and have a great impact for years to come. But I think... When he got to L.A., the gravity of what is required of him has, 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 has boggled him a little bit. Hey, I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, the wife probably feels like he's out there on a, you know, on an island by himself. But it's not a coach's job to – I mean, it is to a certain extent to adapt to players. But when you're coming into the league as a player – your job is to play basketball and do what is in the best interest of the basketball team. Whatever that coach asks you to do, you should want to try and run out there and get it done. And Dwight's not that kind of player. I think Dwight is an all-about-me type of guy. It's, you know, what can you do for me? Like some of these kids growing up, mine included. And you, you, you can't play basketball like that. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to have success in a professional basketball situation being that way. As you look back at the things that went on with with Van Gundy in 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 Orlando, I mean that was all questionable and, and kind of crazy and weird, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Read that, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was questionable and weird. Uh, I, um, I, I, the the problem with kids and the AAU deal and and uh, and Dwight is an example of this is when you shine and you excel, everybody wants you on their AAU team. So you're, you're not going to hear a whole lot of criticism. And if you're fortunate enough to get to college and you're a really good player, the same thing continues. Now, for Dwight, this also continues to the NBA. But when you got a player like Stan Van Gundy, I mean, he's kind of loud and in your face. That's something that he's not used to. That's something that he's very foreign to. So I think that's and with, when we're dealing with a player with a level of maturity that has not developed, I mean, he's going to do what immature people do, which is, you know, start griping to the press and complaining and pointing fingers. And it seems like, again, a similar situation is happening in L.A. 
having Daddy on tweet, twitting about Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> yeah, got, got his Daddy up here fighting his fights for him. I mean, at some point, we all have to grow up and be men. Uh, yeah. And not being disrespectful to Dwight, but that that is a true statement. At some point, we have to all grow up and be men. As men, as fathers, as husbands, we have to step up and accept responsibility. Reg, I have two questions for you, two parts. One is, do you think these programs like AAU, I know I think you coach, and I know Reggie Fox, I know he coach. um, You think these programs hurting our kids, you know? And then the second part is, I know you play, you know, at the Minnesota and the name the big name players. Is it hard for two players like a Kobe and a Dwight that they want that, that mark, you know, I'm the face of the French they're like when when Pippen's yeah, there with go. Jordan. Is it hard for these guys to play Because each one of them wants the face of that, that program. Can you answer that question? Well, there can only be one rooster in the hen house, I think. And, you know, you're trying to establish who's gonna be the alpha male. Uh uh, uh, I think if, if, if what I'm hearing is correct, Dwight, uh, you know, came into this thinking that Kobe was riding out into the sunset where, you know, I'm watching the games and Kobe's still lighting them up. He's still, yep. he's still looking, you know, hot out there. And uh, I think he's used to the pressure that, that, that comes accustomed to that level of stardom. And Dwight is used to winning, used to being the star, but winning was secondary. I think with Kobe, as much as he shoots and scores, winning is paramount, and and, and the scoring and everything else is a, is a byproduct. And that again, opinion. That's just my opinion. I think Dwight is like, well, you know, if you guys don't, you know, bend to my will and have the offense set the way I want it to be set, then I'm not going to go out there and perform well. I'm not going to go out there and do and do my part and try to adjust. You know, and as far as AAU, do I think it's a problem? I don't because I don't, and I see, I, I, I see, I see it from both sides because I think it provides a a program for young kids to be focused and to be given direction. But at the same, in the same breath, I think the guys that excel, the truly talented kids, uh, they they get crippled in that they have so many things catered to them that they're accustomed to deal with. They're, they're not accustomed to dealing with life when you start getting into situations where you got to think for yourself, i.e. Dwight Howard right now. Well, oh, no, I hey, I agree 100%. I'm, I'm sitting back here listening, you know, listening, talking about coaching and things like that. And my, and my point that I'll say is, is he's absolutely right. But for me, it's it's the it's the parents that spoil it, or it's the parents that, that mess it up for the kids because kids are kids. Kids only know what their parents teach them. You know. Now you have somebody that's a nice player in AAU or you know whatever it is in basketball or any sport. Once the parents get involved and they see the dollar signs, that's when the change comes. You know, as long as you can keep the kids as kids, it's it's innocent. But once the parents get involved and see the, see the money side of it, that's when the kids' head change, and that's when all the problems come. And like you say, you know, men got to be men, and, and young men, a young boy like, you know, or, uh, excuse me, a boy that's not ready to become a man, which I'm not calling Dwight Howard a boy, but I'm just saying from a mental standpoint, 
he hasn't developed. He hasn't fully developed. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's because, like you guys said, things have been given to him so much, and he's always been able to get over on pure talent and ability. He's never really had to develop. And, and we can't forget, guys, that he was the man in Orlando. He was the face of that franchise, okay? Absolutely. But it was a smaller franchise. And anytime you get a group of men, young men and women together to play athletics and, and, and to, to, to be able to coach. Uh, you know, Red, Red, you, uh, you yeah. didn't get my question, Red. Should the Lakers trade the White? Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, from out, I, don't, I, I would hate to make a decision like that without knowing everything involved. It's hard for me to make decisions until, unless I know everything. And, and, you know, I'm not on the inside, so it's hard for me to say that. But I don't think that that situation is going to improve this season. So, I mean, if I knew what his contract uh, situation is exactly uh, what kind of clauses are in there. Uh, how would those clauses affect the potential of, of the Lakers benefiting or not benefiting? Then I think I should I would make a better uh, response. But I don't know the particulars, so it's hard for me to, to to give a response to that. But in saying that, I don't think that they're going to improve uh, this year. Let me help you out real quick, Reggie. This is Glover in San Diego. Okay. If Dwight Howard doesn't get traded by the deadline, then he can walk away and the Lakers get nothing for him at the end of the season. They need to so he... <laughs> Okay, but, but but then ask yourself this. Are the Lakers better or, or, or not without the, with Dwight Howard? I mean, you're going to uh-huh. have to cut your losses one way or another. Well, right? it's, 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 it's okay to hit a short-term hurt for a long-term gain. Because if he if he keeps this fella, if he's crying about this now, what is he going to be crying about in the future? Right. That's habitual. That's habitual. I mean, that's the reason why back in 2000, early 2000s, when it came to the choice of keeping Shaq or keeping Kobe, they started looking at habits. Now, Kobe works his butt off. And he right. still does. Now, Shaq, I'm not saying that Shaq doesn't, because, God, he was a whew, He was a monster. Shaq, Shaq was dealing with injury and stuff like that and, you know, missing games and stuff, too. So, I mean, that yeah. played, I'm sure that played a part in it as well. Exactly. So, but, you know, he, I, I don't think he take care of his body as much as he could have. So, you know, who are you going to put your franchise on? You're asking me right. Here goes more to add to the, to the question that Love is asking you, Reggie. The uh-huh. Lakers still owe Mike Brown $10 million. Yeah, they're on the they're on the record owing um, Dan Tony twelve million. So you're looking at twenty two million dollars. Uh-huh. If if they kept Dwight and got rid of Dan Tony and brought Phil Jackson in, they're going to have to give him an awful lot. So are you uh-huh. willing to give up all that to keep one player happy, or do you trade? I tell people I trade him to Brooklyn because that's where he want to go anyway. I do a trade deal and get Brooke Lopez. To me, which is a better center, and his upside is crazy. Well, I think I think well. Here's the deal: I think Phil Jackson can afford to be selective, and if he's got if he's got an aging superstar and nobody else, uh, you know, because he's always had at least two stars. Whether it was Michael and Scotty, superstars, I should say, or Kobe and Shaq. Uh, you know, if he came back to LA, he'd have uh, Kobe. And that's it. And you know, that's not enough to build around. I don't think I don't think he would come for just that. Oh, I agree. Bill's not coming to a bad situation. Mm-mm. No. 
Reds. We only got four minutes, but I want to get you off the line before I get this question there. Is Indiana the real deal? <laughs> Indiana? Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, they're a tough team. They're a tough team, but they're young, too. Uh, they got a lot of room for growth, um, and uh, they're a tough team. They're a tough team. Guys, any questions you want to ask Red before we lock off today? No, it's Jerry. just always good to talk to you, Red. Hey, pleasure to be on the phone with you guys, man. And I, I, you know, I'm always feeling the love. <laughs> hey, 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 Red, we got uh, two more minutes. You going down to the Laramie game this weekend? They play San Diego, right? Uh, they're playing UNLV. Uh, oh, it's UNLV. Uh, I'll be How there. is Laramie doing? He'll be there. Uh, the, the Cowboys, they, you know, they yeah. started off the season well. But due to some injuries, uh, they they've kind of flickered off a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping that you know one of those guys returns back this Saturday. Uh, you know UNLV beat us last time we played, and I'm hoping to see a different outcome uh, this weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be there, Rich. Be well, I'll look be for you. All right, I'll be there. I'll be I'll be wearing black. I'm sure. Very <laughs> <laughs> casual basketball. <laughs> well, Grant, thanks again. I hope we get you on next week. Talk about if the trade went through. We get your opinion on that next week. Sounds good. Sounds go. good, man. <laughs> Appreciate right. it, man, Red. Take really care, Talk to y'all later. Take care. Take care. Uh, All right. Bye. Well, guys, another week. Another thing down. Next week, we'll see about the trades all went through, and we'll see who else got traded in the NFL. Thanks again, guys. Hey, good show, right. love. I'm driving through a, uh, these mountains and Colorado, and it's snowing like the dick. Yeah, go on, stop at Row House, get that steak. All right, brother. All right, take All right. care, guys. Take care, bro. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at Loving That Sports Talk at Yahoo.com.